0: Untitled AFC East podcast, we are wrapping up the AFC on this iteration of our draft previews
1: and Mr. Ian Cartwright, we're going to talk about the Bills. Yes, sir. All right. So Bills, currently considered to be top dogs in the AFC right now, um, You know, had their tragic end of the season against Patrick Mahomes in that crazy playoff game that will go down as being one of the best playoff games we've ever watched. Um, And they've added some pieces, you know, bringing in Von Miller on a on a big contract, um, you know, locking up uh, Stefan Diggs and they're poised to make a run. So now they got the 25th pick uh, in the first round and they don't really have a whole lot of holes. So you know where do they go? What's left for them? Who? What, what? What? other positions can they attack? Should they be going depth in some certain areas? What are? What are their? What are they looking at?
0: Yeah, I feel like I want a lot
1: of different ways
0: with how the Bills should approach the draft. And uh, what I came to was basically they can't get cute with this pick because the Bills really haven't done anything in the postseason. They've been one of the most fun teams to follow. In the regular season, they have gained a large following because of Josh Allen and his improvements as a quarterback and a passer. But the Bills are still really far away from where they want to be. And I think, you know, in order to make that move to the top of the mountain, they need to just reinforce what they have. And I don't really know what that means. Basically, what I'm saying is that they should not draft a Clyde Edwards or in the first round.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely agree. Um, so in terms of, you know, boosting what they already have, you know, they're they're great at almost every position. Uh, it's, there's not really a position they have to draft. So they kind of have the luxury of like, you know, going best player available, whatever. Um, So you'll notice like in a lot of mock drafts, it varies what the, what the bills are picking. Um, You know, I've seen some with, you know, Jahan Dotson wide receiver from uh, Penn state that would add a lot of versatility in terms of just speed and explosiveness to the wide receiver room. I've seen another where they take Andrew Booth from Clemson, the cornerback, which would also be cool on the backside of their defense. I think one of the problems with them this past year in their defense is that like when Tredavious white went down, they didn't really have like, a great cornerback room all of a sudden like things quickly fell apart for them and I think it'd be good for them to add like a solid number two to play next to Tredavious White uh to kind of solidify that secondary so both are an option um I think the thing you can't do here and, and like you said is go for the the Clyde pick because right now everything's great like they They've spent all this money, they have the team, they have the Super Bowl window, and you want to be able to, you know, segue that into the future, you don't want to lock yourself in with a poor roster so they need to be building uh, for the future as well. So if you had to like take your pick on, you know, where you think this is going to go, you know, I guess who are some players maybe in some different positions that you might be eyeing for the bills.
0: I'd be really happy with a difference maker in the secondary here. Uh, You know, Micah Hyde has been a very talented football player in this league for a very very long time, but I don't expect him to, you know, be very, very long left in the league in terms of his production. So I think adding a uh, difference maker in the secondary, whether that's a cornerback or safety, should be a priority. And then I, I do, I feel, I feel like if the right receiver is still on the board for the bills, I think it's going to come down to that. I don't see the bills as uh, you know, trading up to get a guy, but I think if the right receiver is still on the board, then I think Buffalo could totally uh, make that swing.
1: Yeah. hundred percent. Um, I think the guy for me that I, that I'd like to see land with the bills is Jalen Petrie, the safety from Baylor. Um, he's a safety, but he's also played like literally every position on defense. Like he's played outside corner. He's played slot. He's played, uh, he's played over the top safety. He's played a box safety role. Like he he's played it all. He's kind of like Swiss army knife, but he's not like swift Swiss army knife because he's big. And because he's athletic, it's just because he's talented and can cover the field really well and can play almost every position. So I think adding a player like that, where you don't necessarily have to just place him behind Micah Hyde and say, okay, sit for a couple of years. And then when he's gone, we'll bring you in. But it's like, you can play him wherever you need right now. Say somebody goes down, boom, plop him in there. Or, you know, maybe he plays in the slot or maybe he plays in the box, whatever it is, like you can play him immediately. And then as things go down the line and you might lose a Micah Hyde or somebody else, you can kind of put him into that role uh, as a long-term replacement. So I think that would give them a lot of versatility. I've seen Jalen Petrie going late first round, like late, late. When I say late, late, I mean like 30, 31, 32. Um, I think it would be good for the Bills to take him at 25 because he's going to be there. Um, And if they really like him, I think it would be a solid spot for them. It would just be a matter of if they have a plan for him. Um, So I'd like to see, you know, maybe they can snag him. Uh, and he can kind of you know boost their defense in all aspects. I think that would be a great pick. Um, and then obviously cornerback too, like the Andrew Booth, maybe the Kyler Elam, uh, Kyler Gordon's of the world. I think a cornerback would be solid as well. But I do I do agree with the the whole wide receiver thing. I think a wide receiver right here would be kind of overkill. Um, and I think it would be kind of that Clyde pick for the for the Chiefs because like you have Gabriel Davis, you have Stephon Diggs, you know. Dawson Knox is a great tight end as well and it's like you kind of have everything you need there you don't really need to do much more and it it would it would definitely be overkill for them to go more wide receiver um, instead of you know picking a player that can add more value now and in the long term so I'm definitely on board with you there
0: dude I really wish that I would have had you look at my router when you were here yeah
1: did you just did you just lag out while I was talking? Yeah. Oh, you're good. Next time I come through, I'll I'll check it out. But we have, you know, sometimes we have some technical difficulties, but it's okay. We'll 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 power through. Um, but yeah, I mean the Bills are an exciting team for this next season. Um I really love how things are changing in the NFL and the Bills are like this top dog team where they're gonna get probably five or six primetime games next year, maybe even more. Yeah, um, and it's it's really entertaining. They're also getting a new stadium and it will be outdoors. Um, so so great things coming for the Bills. Uh, I'm always biased. I'll, I'll always want the Bengals to win every Super Bowl there ever is. But um, I would also really love to see the Bills win a Super Bowl. And I think next year would be a great year for them to do it. So um, hopefully they can piece things together correctly in this draft. But do you got anything else for the Bills?
0: No, I think, uh, we got to mention that they brought in Vaughn Miller in free agency and that's obviously a a big get for them with uh, Vaughn coming off the, uh, the Bowl win with the Rams. But speaking of the Rams, I think that, you know, maybe Buffalo is one of these teams that goes the route that the Rams went. And if they get to the midpoint in the season and they think it's more valuable to, uh, trade picks away to uh, bring in another high profile name maybe maybe they go that route and uh you know bring in some guy who's unhappy someplace else but i am really happy with uh with how the bills have drafted young defensive talent obviously uh with ed oliver and greg Rousseau, uh a.j epinenza a couple years ago they got boogie basham waiting in the wings too like this is a really good defensive roster in terms of depth. And I'm really, I'm really happy with how they've uh, drafted guys. So um, I think the defensive line is uh, good and I think they need to try and uh, replicate that depth in the defensive backfield now with, uh, you know, obviously Jordan Poyer and uh, Micah Hyde getting up there in age and uh, Tredavious White not being healthy in previous seasons. So I'd be happy with a quarterback here in the first round, but if the right offensive uh, difference maker was on the board still, I, I would be uh, good with that as well. But I really hope the bills can
1: make that next step. Uh, with yeah. This roster. And I think they can. I, I completely agree. I think it's going to be hard for them to mess this pickup, to be honest, like really hard. I, I mean, they have to, I think they really got to reach for something stupid. Um go for a position they don't need at all. I mean, it, I feel like it's going to be tough and they've drafted well, like they have, they have drafted very well in these past couple of years. So I think we can all trust that the bills are going to make the right decision, whichever way they go. So, well, let's move on to Miami. Um, And the big question about Miami is, you know, they made a lot of changes. They brought in a ton of players, Tyreek Hill amongst others. He was the big splash. But have they done enough? Like, do they – you know, is Tua their guy? Or are they going to be able to make a deep run, especially in this stacked AFC? Um, do you think he's their guy? Do you think they might be, you know, in, cont- in contention for another quarterback? What's your thoughts?
0: I think they're going to be really fun on offense, but I don't think they're going to be competing for the division or uh, the playoffs at all. You know, you bring in a guy – like Tyree Kill with Jalen Waddle already on the roster, like this could be a very fun offense and nothing else. Um, they've got pieces with uh, Mike Gasicki. They made some moves to bring in uh, Chase Edmonds from Arizona and Raheem Mostert from San Francisco. They've already got Miles Gaskin, one of my favorite college running backs, on the roster, but. You know, none of those running backs really, uh, really get me going. So the uh, maybe the maybe there uh, should be a bigger focus on bringing in some uh, some more talent in the backfield there. Um, but you know, definitely making sure that is healthy all all year, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, reinforcing the offensive line. Uh, they brought in uh, Teron Armstead from uh, New Orleans. So hopefully that uh, strengthens the line a little bit, but I do think that they're not quite at a point to go all in on Tua, but they do need to uh, make sure that his audition is, you know, he's got the, he's got every opportunity to win this job because I have faith in him. I don't want to see Tua not succeed in Miami I think that the odds are pretty stacked against him and I feel like the jury is mostly out on him already um but I don't know I it's also hard to project here because the Dolphins first pick is at 102 so really the roster that we're looking at right now there's not going to be a lot of changes unless they really
1: hit on one of these late round draft picks yep I agree it's going to be it's going to be seeing if you know this roster is good enough I think the big thing for the for the Dolphins this year is like can they transition to this new scheme under Mike McDaniel um uh like it's going to be very similar it's what we saw from the 49ers um mm-hmm. I expect them to get the ball to Tyreek Hill in the backfield a lot and use him pretty similar to how like they use Debo Samuel
0: mm-hmm.
1: um so you know and the thing about the 49ers is they don't really have any big name running backs. They have a lot of them and they work well. So maybe, you know, maybe the way that the, the Dolphins structured their backfield is, is, similar to the way that, you know, 49ers structured theirs. Um, but it'll be interesting to see if that transition works, you know, it's always, this always happens in the NFL where a team is innovative in an offense and all of their coordinators, go to a different team and it's like can they replicate it there you know and we, yeah. we've seen it with with you know coaches leaving the rams and doing what mcvay did there and other places um and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't uh, so it'll be interesting to see what that what that adaptation is this year and i think a lot of it hinges on is that going to work and is it not going to work um it's. I don't think it's going to be much of a personnel thing. I think at the end of the day, if they win, it'll be scheme-wise. And if they lose, it'll be scheme-wise as well. Um, because I don't think they're going to put the ball into his hands, you know, 45 times a game and let him sling it around. Like, I don't think that's going to be the game plan. So uh, I expect a lot of running. I expect a lot of motion in the backfield, a lot of zone runs, outside runs. and And they're going to be spreading the ball around. But they don't necessarily have the offensive line that, Four Niners had, and but they did pick up Tyrone Armstead, so that might make up for it a little bit. But this is you are talking about the, the the worst offensive line in the NFL last year, so yeah. So yeah, I'm not—I'm not really sure. I mean, they like you know this is a draft preview, and they have literally no picks in the first two rounds. I think actually, possibly three rounds. Um, so they're gonna be sitting back for a while, looking for depth pieces.
0: Yeah, and I just don't feel like. I'm not confident in this roster competing in the, in the AFC this No, season. Yeah, me either.
1: They, they, they
0: did, they did, they did surprise us last year.
1: Um, well, I, I was, mean, after starting what, one and seven. Yeah. I'm just looking at some of the uh,
0: defensive uh, stats. I'm trying to figure out where uh, Miami ranked on defense in, uh, in 2021, but I am. Definitely, definitely all the uh, all the other three teams in this division interest me more than the Dolphins. And it's disappointing because, like, I mean, they're going to get Tyreek Hill in the building who came from so much success in Kansas City. And, I mean, he's not going to – like, if Miami was an attractive free agent destination, Tyreek Hill – guy, like, guys like Tyreek Hill would come. But he just – it happened to be a trade that works for the Chiefs. But right. I think normally, you know, Miami should be one of these hot destinations for players. Like this should be, it's kind of like the the college team. Like why, why isn't the Miami pro football franchise better?
1: Yep. Nope. Exactly. I know it, it's, uh, you know, it, I mean, the Dolphins and the Lions are the only two teams that haven't won a playoff game since the 1990s. And that can very well change in a year like it did for the Bengals. But um, you know, the lion. I mean, the Dolphins don't have Joe Burrow, and they don't have you know Justin Herbert either. They're stuck with Tua, so it's like, are they going to be able to make it work? Or are they not? And and you know, what's the process going to look like? So, I'm not too confident in this team. I think it's just it's bad timing for them to stack all this talent because of how strong the AFC is. Um, yeah, you know, and, and you look at their division. I mean, you can make a case that they're the third best team and the third best team in the AFC east is not going to get you into the playoffs you know you're competing with the powerhouse the afc west who's probably going to send three teams to the playoffs you know the afc north could very well also send three teams to the playoffs so it's like man where is the space it's not there you know there's going to be like i've said before some very good teams uh, that are going to get left out of the playoffs in the afc So let's make a jump over. Now that we've talked about the Bills, um, let's talk about New England. I think this is a team that hasn't really been talked about much this off season. Um, they had a solid year last year, made it to the playoffs, then they got and then they got smoked by the by the Bills in that first round wild card game. Um, they haven't really made a whole lot of moves this off either. You know, they lost JC Jackson, uh, and they traded away Shaq Mason to Tampa. So, you know, we, we like Mac, we think he's a good player. How do we build around him? What's the, what's the roadmap look like for the, for the Patriots to compete in long-term?
0: Yeah, I guess my question there is like, is Mac
1: the guy? Like,
0: I I feel like this is all like, you've got to build around. I feel like new England needs to build this team in areas that don't won't necessarily support Mac, but like, if he doesn't work out this year, it works for them to bring in another quarterback. Cause I think this roster is going to be able to compete again this year, but you know, maybe Mac actually holds them back, you know? So I think building up the, the the team through the offensive line and the defense and not, not really, you know, obviously you'll cater some of the team to Mac because he'll be probably the starting quarterback and you got to cater the offense to your starter in some way, but you know what I mean? Just like kind of build up the team
1: around him, but not around him. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. I, like you said, I'm not a hundred percent sold on Mac, uh, but he was the best quarterback of the rookies last year. And yeah. uh, I mean, that's saying at least something. So I feel like as of right now, with the way quarterbacks are in the NFL, you're gonna to have to lean into what you got, and if it's Mac is what you got, I mean that's that's better than a lot of teams, and I feel like that's something you can work with. So, um, but they need weapons like badly. Yeah, uh, they need they need offensive weapons bad, and I really would like to see them go um, receiver. Um, the thing is, is they might be too late in the draft to pick one up. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I agree. The, uh, they're picking at 20 and, and like all, all, all four of like the first round elite receivers, they might be gone by 21. Yeah. The, uh, the, the, the position that I'm kind
0: of interested about for the, uh, for the Patriots is a linebacker. They traded Chase Winovich to the Browns for Mac Wilson. Um, Juwan Bell has been here for a couple of years he's a very good player but he's been injured a lot um i feel like a guy like nicobe dean could fit really well in um, new yeah. england i think he's been mocked there, mocked there a couple of times um obviously you got matt jude on there uh, we got a shout out uh, grand valley product but i, f- I feel like linebacker specifically nicobe dean he would be a fantastic new england patriot um yeah in, in I, this offense and sorry in this defense and uh i think you know just continuing to build up this defense to uh you know prepare yourself for the bills in the playoffs cuz i mean this defense was completely exposed in the playoffs game versus the bills so, like completely outmatched like ran off the field um and so i think the motivation should definitely be to uh build up this defense with uh with talent and uh They've the hit on this team. That's funny. Um, but more talent Malcolm Butler's back. Uh, Devin McCourty's obviously been there forever. Um, so just bringing in some more dudes on the defensive side of the ball.
1: Yeah, I could see them going cornerback too, especially losing JC Jackson. Yeah, that was um, a big one. They could be. I think the one I really like, like I've seen them, mo- they've, they've, they've gotten two cornerbacks mocked to them, Andrew Booth and Trent McDuffie. I wouldn't be happy with Andrew Booth at 21. I think he's more of a 25 through 32 type of player, but Trent McDuffie at 21 would be a steal. Um, Cause Trent McDuffie has been all over the place. Like I've seen him top 10. I've seen him top 15. I've seen him, you know, now here to the Patriots at 21. I think he's a great player. The only knock on him has been his size. Um, but his tape is top 10 and like he could easily be a steal for the Patriots. He plays really physical um, and he could easily slot in and replace JC Jackson right away and be like a cornerstone yeah. defensive player for them. So um, cornerback could be really cool for them, but I think the nikobe Dean stuff would be really cool as well. Like he would, he would totally make that defense just like ridiculous in the inside. And I think, that would be great. It's just a matter of is that the right play uh, right now in the AFC when you're p- you know you're playing against so many pass heavy teams. Like, would you rather go a cornerback that could be elite or a linebacker that could be elite? I mean, in coverage situations, you'd probably want to have the cornerback instead. So, uh, it may be a matter of that. But I, I mean, I'm, I'd be fine with both.
0: Yeah, and I do think uh, offensive line as well should be a priority here. Uh,
1: Tyler Tyler Lindenbon
0: from Iowa would be. A, a great pickup. I'm seeing that he's the guy that's been mocked to them uh, recently, so I feel like that would be a good fit. Um, a new uh, face uh, after they lost Shaq Mason to the Bucks. Yep. So uh, and they lost Ted Morris to the Bengals. Yeah. Either either line I think would be the move here, and then I feel like this goes for all the teams in the draft. But if the right receiver falls grab them.
1: Yeah. I mean, if there's a Jamison Williams there, grab him. Chris Olave, grab him. I don't think yeah. either of those guys will be there, but I think you take them. The only thing that the Patriots can't do is take like that tier two of receivers at 21. I think that would be bad yeah. because I yeah. think there's going to be a lot of really good players on the board uh, and you'd be missing out on a lot of high end talent for some like quick fix, you know, mediocre wide receivers. So I think that's the one thing to keep an eye on. If they end up going, um, you know, Christian Watson from North Dakota or Jahan Dotson from Penn State, I feel like those picks at 21 wouldn't it be the best.
0: Yeah, I feel like whoever takes the first receiver off the board, it's going to create a run on them, which is totally going to shape the draft board. Like, if the first receiver comes off the board at 10, I think there's going to be a ton of receivers taken. yeah. But- if, if not, then I, I think the receiver position is going to shape this draft in um, in a lot of ways, and I feel like like a guy like Christian could totally uh, end up in the first round just because of the sheer amount of, of sheer volume of receivers that have already been taken in the first round. I think I think uh, that position, and obviously, like we're interested in the receivers, like point blank. But I think that position always seems to be the one that kind of drives the draft board.
1: Yeah. I mean, you – okay, so talking about receivers, you know, last year we saw Jamar Chase. The previous year we saw Justin Jefferson. I think there's a real chance that teams might reach for receivers and receivers might go in the top ten. Like, we, we keep seeing, like, these mock drafts where the first receiver taken is at eleven. Uh, by the commanders but you know I could see a scenario where a receiver goes to the Giants at maybe seven or five or Atlanta takes one at eight maybe Seattle takes one at nine even the Jets take one at ten like I could totally see Garrett Wilson going in the top ten and I think it's going to be because like previous receivers have came out and just dominated in the NFL and like teams want those players. Like, and if you have a chance to get one, you know, you might as well snag one. So, and I think that will snowball the receivers in this draft. It'll snowball everything if that happens. So I think that'll be something to keep an eye on as, as the draft starts.
0: Yeah. Cause there's not, I mean, there's not really another position that can snowball like that. I mean, you've got Garrett Wilson, Drake Jackson, Jameson Williams, Chris Olave. So that's are we confident with that being the first clump of guys? Drake then, London, you mean? Yeah, Drake, uh, like those four that I just mentioned, yeah. like those would be the yes. first clump. If you those wouldn't are, be surprised. That's if any that's, of
1: those that's tier four. I would be, I wouldn't be surprised if either of the four go top ten. Even okay, Jameson so that, Williams with his yeah. injury history, like I'd be I wouldn't be surprised at all. So and I think Yeah. Then but then that, that that would be the first like clump of guys, and then the second would be
0: you know Traylon Burks, Jahan Dotson, Christian Watson, like that that would start the second uh, yep. second group
1: exactly. So well, and that could shift everything because all these teams like the Packers, for example, like people are assuming that the Packers are just going to be sitting there at twenty two, and a and a wide receiver is just going to fall in their lap. Well, yeah that might not be the case if receivers start snowballing early. Um, yeah. You know, even though tier two players might be gone by the twenties uh, and that can really shake some stuff up. So I think it's going to be really interesting come, come draft day. Um, and I think the receivers, I just have a hunch that the receivers are going to go higher than expected. Um, yeah. So, but let's move on to our last team here. Um, we got the jets. Now, I'm not big on the Jets at all, um, but you are. So sell me on what the Jets have right now and, and what are they looking at?
0: So I feel like the Jets could benefit from the, this draft going in a weird way. You know, with all of this, the uncertainties about, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau and the the rumor, like the, the draft buzz of Trayvon Walker possibly going number one. I feel like the Jets are just going to be able to sit and get a really good player at number four and possibly at number 10. So as it stands right now, there's a mock draft with them getting Kayvon Thibodeau and Derek Stingley. Like how amazing would that be if the Jets can walk away from the first round, not having traded up, not having given away any draft assets and, getting two impact players. And I, I just, I feel like the jets are kind of one of those teams that are lingering around in the draft. They've got obviously their own pick at four. They've got Seattle's pick at 10. Like I don't feel like they're in a position to be aggressive and trade up. They've got who they think is their quarterback of the future and Zach Wilson. And I feel like there is going to be a guy that falls into their lap and they would be stupid not to take. And, you know, maybe it's Thibodeau, maybe it's Trayvon Walker. Maybe it's Sauce Gardner, but they are set up so well in this draft to get two impact guys. And all in all, I don't think I I I, I am very optimistic about the Jets going into the next season. I think they've got some really good players on defense, and I think that you know bringing in some guys that are through the draft could really improve this team. You know, like I say, I say that I'm excited about the defense, but they ranked dead last in the NFL last year. But I think that they could be a very quick turnaround. I mean yeah, Quinn got- Williams
1: is good in the interior. Yeah. Um, they still got CJ Mosley at linebacker who's you know probably like two or three years away from great play, but he's still a good player. Um they don't have Marcus May anymore, but I believe they picked up a safety that's pretty solid. So they they can be all right. I mean, just like you said, like they have so much potential with these two picks. Like, I'm seeing one right now. Sauce Gardner at four. Jamison Williams at ten. Boom, boom. two elite players. Offense and defense, cornerstone players for the future. Another one here, Kyle Hamilton at four. George Karloftis at ten. You know, you go – you just get your – I think either way you slice it, like, they're set up for, you know, two elite players to kind of carry them. So – So yeah, either way you slice it, I mean, they're getting they're getting two elite players, you know, hopefully that can contribute immediately and be, you know, franchise players. But you know, who are the player who would you want to see on the Jets in an ideal draft? Um, is it what you said, you know, for them to get Stingley at 10 and you know, Thibodeau at four? Is that realistic? Or what do you what would you what would you like for for them to happen?
0: I feel like they're really that uh, the Jets need to get back to uh a defense that's got like a Darrell Revis in the backfield. Like they need their guy, like they, and they don't, and they don't, they don't have a, like that, that's defensive stud. Like maybe it's Quinn Williams. Like it was supposed to be Leonard Williams a couple years ago, but like, I feel like they need a guy in the defensive backfield. And I think that would just fits really well with a uh, new, um, Second year coach Robert Sala and his defensive culture that he's trying to build, like Derek Stingley, if he is what he was in college, would be an amazing fit in this in this uh in this defense that could really like change the perception of the Jets. Like I I honestly think the Jets are gonna mess around and uh, make a run for the wild card this year. Like really, they yeah they they brought in uh, your boy uh, Uzama from Cincy. I think the line I is going to be okay. Saturday. I don't. I didn't. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, I don't know how Elijah Vera Tucker graded out this past year. Um, I don't know how their their offensive line is looking, but um, I feel like they've got enough weapons for Zach Wilson for uh, that he can create. And uh, Corey Corey Davis, I feel like he had an okay year last year. He never has really panned out for what the uh, what the Titans expected him to be. So he had his first year in New York last year. Um, Braxton Berrios on this team, like, that's just like every team needs a guy like that. I'm happy that he is still in the league, but I'm like really optimistic that this team is going to use their momentum in the draft to parlay that into a really good season. I think that their, uh, their first round is going to generate some buzz and, uh, they're going to parlay
1: that into, uh, some good, some good momentum, uh, in the, uh, in the regular season yeah okay so in terms of their offensive line they pretty much fixed it because mckay beckton on the on in terms of mckay beckton left tackle great you know had a season engine ending injury but his rookie year was awesome uh left guard they picked up lake and tomlinson who will slide right in and be a starting player uh, They got mcgovern at center who's great elijah vera tucker rated out fairly okay 66.8 which is solid for a rookie guard um, and then Fant at right tackle is, you know, 71 and he's been a you know, an above average consistent player. Um, so they're fine on the offensive line, you know, slide in Uzama at tight end, he's solid. Um, and then really their only holes on the offensive side are just, a uh, dominant wide receiver one. They got Corey Davis, uh, and Elijah Moore in the slot, but you know, Denzel Mims is currently their, their wide receiver one. And I think they could use an upgrade. So I really like the scenario where they go receiver at ten, kind of get ahead of the curve and take maybe a Garrett Wilson, uh, or Chris Olave, or Jamison Williams, whatever it is there. Um, but then they need to boost this defense on the back end. So um, if they can snag Kyle Hamilton at four, I think that would be ideal for them.
0: Yeah, I, I didn't even think about him, um, but that would that would be great. I think uh, whatever defensive piece they take is definitely going to be. Uh, the new face of their defense
1: yeah they they struggle in their with their linebackers um, but there really isn't a good fix for the linebackers where they're at in, unless they were to reach for something um, so I don't know if I'd like I they I don't know if I'd like them to go linebacker I mean I guess if you take Kyle Hamilton he can kind of play in the box and kind of like fix some of that but yeah um definitely stay away from there I mean I would also be fine with a sting we or a sauce I think both of them would be awesome so but I think at 10 ideally for me they go wide receiver and I think that would really shake things up um and get the ball rolling
0: yeah I think I'm I am in agreement with you there get Kyle Hamilton at four or married, may, or m- maybe Derek Stingley if that's how the draft shakes out and then uh a receiver at 10 to uh pair with Zach Wilson and uh hopefully his improvement in a year or two I think getting a receiver in the room that that could be one of like like you said all these guys that are coming out of college and just instantly being able to contribute to the uh, in the NFL game would be would be really good for uh, the Jets
1: yeah hundred percent I think so so yeah I mean they're set up well it'll be interesting to see I just it's just a matter of is Zach Wilson you know gonna take that next step next year Um, in the passing game you know he didn't really grid out well this past year we didn't really see a lot from him in terms of throwing the ball well so it's gonna need to be a big jump for him um and hopefully they can make that happen because it would be really nice to see him play well i loved him in college
0: yeah we're in agreement but i i do think the jets are going to be pushing for that wild card and maybe i i don't think they're going to submit they're going to i think Bills Bills one Patriots two and then Jets maybe contend for three. Maybe they have kind of that Miami Dolphins season where they're uh definitely in content they're in contention for the playoffs in that last in that last week of the year but they don't they don't make it. But I think there's going to be improvement. I think there's going to be optimism in New York and uh I don't think that that's something that we could have said a year ago. Yep, 100%. So but, but I I do think this team is one of the mo- like both New York teams with the way that it shakes out for them to draft. I think these teams are going, we're going to, they're going to be on the winners category. I, after I, the draft.
1: I really hope so because it's like the NFL is so big. And right now, like it's peaking, right? Like this is, this is like peak NFL this upcoming season, like the matchups, mm-hmm. the, the talent distribution, like it's just, it's great. It's elite best we've ever seen. And it's like in your biggest market, you have two garbage ass teams, yeah, you know in the biggest season so it's like can these teams like please step it up because like how cool would it be to like actually have really good new york teams yeah or, or at least just competent new york teams that we could like i mean who the fuck wants to see the giants or the jets on monday night football or sunday night football right now nobody but like they yeah, would but they're they were always they're,
0: all, they're always but they're always going to get one though because yeah, it's exactly it's like and i I was thinking about what you said about how the bills are going to get a lot of primetime games there's like. There's something different about watching a game at one p.m. versus eight p.m. just because of the broadcast. Like NBC yeah. and ESPN make those stadiums look different. They make the atmospheres look different, and like that's what the cameras, the, to
1: look, yeah, you know, the the lead up, the you know, the sideline, the sideline reporters, like everything is just it's just different. There's a there's a special vibe to Sunday night football specifically that's just that's just different you know that's just the scoreboard just the atmosphere the lead up the fact that you've been watching football all day long and you've been flipping between games because there's always multiple games on but not at sunday night sunday night's the only time where it's it's just the nfl just dominating that spot and you know everybody's watching it's just a it's a unique uh really really unique so i i'd love to see you know, all these teams get good so that we can get the most, you know, like the coolest games on, on Sunday night football. I mean, imagine a scenario where the jets and the bills are really good. Both of them are, and you get a, a jets bills Sunday night game in New York. Like, that'd be great. Yeah. for so, Yeah. Well, you got any last words on the bills? I mean, on the jets. Whoops. No,
0: I I'm optimistic. I've got You're jets optimistic. optimism.
1: Yeah, I'm not so much on the train yet. I got to see Zach Wilson improve his game first. But if he does, I think the sky's the limit for this team. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, we'll be signing out. You got any last words? No, we got to end this before I, my internet cuts out again. Go yeah. uh, go, Gang Green or whatever. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. All right. Peace out.